Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, but I, I think what you're, you know, and you, uh, Hanno, about the core and really kind of the offensive position player core, you know, I think that, uh, that Ty was a huge disappointment this year. I mean, let's just talk. I mean, they, they, you cannot have that production at first base. And they thought Suarez was going to be better, but Suarez was kind of at the end of the day just a run into them. Hit, you know, in a good lineup, Suarez hits sixth and runs into him and, you know, is a 230, 30, 70 guy because he's a production guy. Just get some guys on. He's going to strike out a whole ton, whatever. But they needed more from France. And France, I think France, if you say the top three reasons that the Mariners disappointed this year, Ty France is in that top three. And we could talk about if he's, if he might be one because he was brutal, absolutely brutal. You cannot have a first baseman hitting two in the two forties and we know batting average or whatever, but then 10 home runs he had or 10 or 11, uh, you know, not a lot of production, a lot of singles, a lot of strikeouts and key, um, uh, you know, situations, he was brutal. So I agree with you, but I also think that they have a lot of a wave coming of, of, of position players where they're, you know, now I'm going to sound like Jerry, but Jesus where where that pitching core is going to meet the hitting core. And, and so here's what I think. Here's actually what I think this year. I think that uh, they thought, and they were wrong, that they could kind of count the baseball card knew they were going to pitch their fucking ass off and get back into the playoffs. And that would have been good enough. And they were wrong because I still think that this plan has always been, let's, let's continue to develop, you know, the sustainability thing, which has become a hot button, but really because every teams have windows. And Jerry talked a lot about the fact that like when he gets this core to 27, 28, 29, 30, that's that window. And they're still on the front end of that. And so then, um, so, so I think it was their window in player development, but I also, I also think it was their window in, in business, in business stuff. And I, I, I promise you, I promise you, I, I, I felt it for a while. I think part of their, uh, miserness in the off season and then the Colton Wong, Paula, Tommy, La Stella, who, 
<laughs> Sorry, you have to bring up Tom Stella. I think that was actually maybe a a a twenty four month trek towards Otani, and they were like, you know what? Here's the thing: if we can, if we can keep payroll here, if we if we can pay if we can keep payroll here, and we can be very good and drop the revenue here, we can go on a two year and bank that in to. Uh, and you know, fans and that's fans don't want to hear that. They, they, you know, in the world of they're in the world in the world of fantasy baseball and all this, just they don't want to hear that. But I actually think that might be real. I think that might be real. I so when Jerry talks about you mentioned what years again, Kopi 27, 28 was that was that the time frame? So what bugs me, and he's got to know this. I mean, it's pro sports. We're, and Mariner fans are very patient. I mean, that's just that's just too long. That's go. That's just crazy talk. And for him to think that is crazy, in my opinion. As far as if they were sell, are selling out to get Otani, I don't think it's enough still for this team. They lose Teoscar, let's say. Um, I they still need to add more, in my opinion. But that's kind of where I am on those two comments. I think that Otani changes this team in a big way because what they need. So let's. I mean, so that was my thing looking back, right? And and so I I, I hear you, Hanno. Like I I and I I I you know I, I feel that from the patient standpoint, and I and fans don't want to be patient. That don't fans don't want to be told to, to to be patient. I totally get that, but I I also think that that. If you play this out and the and they you sign Otani and this pitching core continues and you add Robbie Ray and you you make a little bit more contact. I do want to talk about contact a little bit too because well let me just say this now. You know, for four year, three or four years you've been hearing control the zone, which was about uh you know, pitchers, pitchers throwing strikes and hitters uh not chasing and ta- and taking walks. And what I think happened with that, that was that was still happened with the shift rules. And then what happened is I think that that mindset got them to a place where they weren't as aggressive as they could have been and they were had way too much swing and miss in their lineup. I mean, if Kelnick plays a full season, this is not they've talked about this. If Kelnick plays a full season, they are likely have four of the top 10 uh, leaders and strikeouts in the American league on the, in one lineup, that's bananas. That's bananas. And so, and there's no, there's more, there's no more non-competitive result than a strikeout. And especially now with this, the rules that uh, reward putting the ball in play more and hitting and looking to hit the ball hard, not just out. Uh, this team has to make a lot more contact. So, so I think T. Oscar, appreciate you, man. I wouldn't do it. They might, they might, they might flirt with it and sign him to the qualifying offer to see if he opts for free agency. Because then, if he opts for free agency, you get a draft pick. So they might, they might make him the quali- qualifying offer. But I don't want him here next year. I think Suarez is untradeable, and he still has some money left. So you have he's going to be your third baseman, and and if you can put some things around him again, hit him six, and that's fine. First base is where it's at. And I think that this whole fucking debacle of 23 could actually be a really good thing for this because they, they got a, it's like, I mean, we can talk about it now. It's like not giving the ball to Marshawn at the one yard line. They got a little cute. 
<laughs> you know, I said the thing about – I agree with you. Suarez, I like him. He plays great defense. He's a six-hitter. The, the bottom of our order at the end of the season, those names just drove me nuts. Sure, Dylan Moore or Sam Haggerty, those are guys you need on your team or at least one of them in a championship playoff-type caliber team during that time. But they're bench role players who can win you games but not be starters. Um, what was the other thing you said, Cope? I don't know. Got back to you, Myron. Here, here's how I feel about Teoscar Hernandez. Here's how I feel about um, Ty France. Um, here's how I feel about Eugenio Suarez. They're all great topics, and I think we should have um, deep dive things. Because if you're pointing at three people and you go, who didn't give me what I should expect out of them? Easily. Ty France, right? But then you also look at him at first base, and I know you go, oh, you can't have a first baseman that hits 250 and does this and does that. I don't think it really bothers me with over because there's going to be one position. Sometimes you're going to have a second baseman that's just like out of this world second baseman, and you just have to have somebody over at first base, plays defense. Sure, is that a power position? Yeah. Not happy with what Ty France did this year. Thought it sucked. At offensively also this is somebody that we've seen get hurt a lot every year whatever it is little nagging injuries i don't know if it's that he's tough and he's playing through it bottom line is they didn't have anybody else to play out and this is the first time ty france has been bad for a long stretch and i'd say he wasn't that great at the end of last year and then for most of this year so he's had his stretch but prior to that he has been somebody that you can count on. So like for me, I'm very split on it because I'm also like going, yeah, it's the first time we've seen him stuck. And we saw him finish strong this year. He finished and especially with the power stuff. That's my big thing. We know he knows how to hit the right field. We know he knows how to get a dribbler through. He's one of Tony Gwynn last pupils. He uses the whole yard. I'm okay with that. Okay. I, if there's a better situation, if we can somehow get Vladdy Guerrero or, you know, something like that, somebody, or I've heard, uh, and we want to put a lot of stock into him and we've talked about him before. Um, Canzone supposedly plays first base, never saw an inning out of him. There must be something there that Perry Hill or somebody said, no, as far as, uh, Eugenio Suarez, Still had a lot of RBIs. This is somebody that hit 90 fucking RBIs. The strikeouts are always have always been there for him, so this isn't anything crazy. The power numbers, yeah, down by 10. Um, but his defense was kind of the trade-off. You know, how many runs did he save us playing good defense? And then as far as Teo Hernandez, here's my thing is if you get rid of Teo, you gotta replace him. Sure. He kind of reminds me a bit of somewhat of uh, Nelson Cruz, where I'm like, yeah, he can hurt you here or there, but still he can play some good defense. He's not like somebody that you can just, I don't know, but he hits the ball. He hits the ball hard. Didn't hit as hard as he did the year before, but he, oh, he outdid his home runs, games played. You know, uh, Teo, France, Suarez. I mean, good teams are not making these 
decisions on three, four players every year. That's a problem. You know, I mean, and we're and you want to add in JK. Um, we're still not sure with him. And I get it. It's frustrating. Could they have bounce back years? Heck yeah. Could Ty France maybe go to driveline? I'm hoping it's like, you know, a Ballard Little Leaguer moves across 85th and comes to Northwest, you know, and becomes a good player. So, I mean, we're just hoping that something turns out right. Shots oh, fired. God. Shots you sound, you, you sound like Bavassi. I think you, I think you, I think you guys are, let me say this. I think you guys are hitting on an interesting point, though, that I never really thought about until now. But there was a failure in this roster as it was constructed in the duplicity. Like, there's too much duplicity in it, right? Like, you might need, to, you might, you might have a guy like Suarez and Hernandez in your lineup. But those are kind of like the same guy, right? Who are going to hit like six for you, be run producers, run into some, lots of strikeouts, you'll deal with it. You know, it's kind Offensively, of the yes. It's the Jay Beaner. It's the Jay Beaner. Offensively, you know? defensively, they're two different people. I I guess I get that. I'm, I guess I'm talking about more about how you're going to construct your your and 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 Kofi and Kofi, like you mentioned, one person you can't walk away from because it's it's binded. No, right. The other person you can go, yeah. all right, no harm, no foul. If I'm Tao, I'd love to have Tao, but I'm I'm also about the let's do the one-year qualifying offer. I'm not about the let's go long-term. And if yeah. I'm Tao at that age, I'm probably looking for multi-years. Which he'll get. That? He'll get totally, that. Totally agree on the Tao thing. You give him the qualifying offer – you hope that he doesn't sign it. If he does, so so be it. And if he doesn't, you get the draft pick. But um, that's my whole point with Otani. If you lose a guy like Teo, Otani will be your DH. And that's a good thing. You still need a DH. But I just still think there's more pieces to that Mariners need to go out and do. And I just don't know if ownership will do 